0: what's up Cal family it's rod benson here back again uh had a lot of stuff planned and then the week that was happened uh on the basketball floor and i just don't think some of those things like deep diving into plays um are super helpful right now but still a lot has happened uh Let's start with some non-basketball stuff. We won the big game. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, it's always nice to like remember how many people care about that game. Uh, it's one of the few times of the year where my social media starts to look a lot more uh, blue and gold. Um, and although I wasn't there, it's you know you get to see all the pictures. It's always really interesting when it's at Stanford. Uh because anything I think you guys are going to like this I think they're or, like stadiums really really ugly and winning in it, it's like the Bears are like the most beautiful thing about that whole that whole space is seeing our guys holding the axe Uh and I, I, I think it's just an objectively ugly place to be like I remember going there for the big games when I was in college and being like and admittedly liking Maple's Pavilion uh But generally thinking like this school is like could not look more boring. And I think that the football arena was the perfect testament to that uh, as well as a lot of the people go bears. Anyways, I'm just happy we won the big game. I'm not really trying to hate. I'm trying to hype because if you are a Cal sports fan, that is where the hype currently lies. And. That's unfortunate. We have good players on our team. On our basketball team. Uh, I believe if the football team wins tomorrow, they will go to a bowl game uh, or something. I don't know. But the basketball team right now, I think is two and three as I record this. And those three losses coming to... Pacific, Tulane, and gee, it's like, <laughs> it's even hard to remember because, like, the games have been so late at night. Like, I honestly have been falling asleep during them, which is, in fact, let me go in on that for a second. Our games not only being late at night, and then also being on, like, networks that are hard to find, is, like, incredibly frustrating. <laughs> I I tweeted the other day, I tweeted like, it's 11.48 p.m. and Tulane just took the lead. Because both things upset me. (laughs) that I was like, I had to be up that late. I think I had like fallen asleep for the night and then woken up and it was like just halftime. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll watch the game. And then it was just like, it was so late and I was so frustrated. Uh, But also, I could kind of see it coming. Now, in the background you can't see this cuz this is an audio format. I have the Pacific game on because it's one I was able to DVR Sling which I'm using to watch this uh also makes it like hard for me to just DVR Cal. I have to like permanently DVR the Pac 12 network. I don't really understand it. All of these things are frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Every single bit of it. Uh but The game that's on, we are currently down 10. And if I remember, we were up like 54 to 40. And it was at that point that Pacific went on a run that we never recovered from. And I, like, since then, I haven't seen us play, I have to say it, like, defense that looks good. Now, again, I don't need to go and break down a play, because I think we've seen, quite a bit of it so far, but I don't understand why we don't play a zone. I mean, again, if we're trying to help players develop into professional prospects where they will not play a zone in the NBA, uh, I totally get that. And I also think that you can do that and also play a zone when it matters. Um, when I was in Korea, you know, we won, I won the championship like four times. And I was on a bad team once there, but relative to all the teams I played on, which I think is like 12 in my professional career, uh, those two teams I won championships on in Korea were probably the smartest ones. The defenses we came up with were absolutely bananas. Now, mind you, a lot of that is because I could run those defenses. I can anchor them. But part of that defensive strategy wasn't just the actual defense. It was the timing and implementation. So let's say we were a team that realized we come out of the gates hot no matter what. No matter what the other team does. We're going to get up 20 to 7 or, you know, we, we win the first quarter like 30 to 14 at like almost every game. But we end the game tight every game. then well, it doesn't matter what type of defense we played early, we could play man-to-man and save that zone for when that team was starting to mount a comeback. And in doing so, not even do it every game, <laughs> right? But against the team, like, we would save it sometimes. And it would always work because, A, a change-up, the reason a change-up pitch works is because it's different, that's literally it. It's slower. It's not a better pitch. If every pitch is a changeup, all you see was home runs. I'm only saying that because I'm trying to find any reason. Like, I'm, I'm going deep. I didn't start with, like, we could just play zone all game. I'm going deep because my brain won't allow me to understand why we don't play zone. And further, you know, beyond NBA talent, when you're on a good college team, like, half, three-quarters of the guys... We'll play sometime in any league, not the NBA, meaning they'll play zone for the rest of their lives. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Uh, Even when I was in the D-League, we played some zone. Again, I'm just trying to, I'm like rabbit holing here, trying to understand why we don't play it. The play I was going to break down in depth on camera with like little squiggly marks if I could figure, figure out how to do it was a play from this game in Pacific, which I thought was the, the turning point of the game. You know, we were up 54-50, and Tyson had just gone down. Uh, and out of that timeout, Pacific got an open three. Like a wide open three. And they had already been making threes. Like, that was a big part of their comeback. I chose to not do a pick-and-roll play just to highlight something, which was that Amac was on the far block away from the ball, he went out of his way to bump a man who wasn't looking for the ball. And in doing so gave up a gave up a wide open three. So I'm like, all right, just from a like technical perspective, he could move more to the middle of the paint uh, and hit that bump earlier, but maybe he was coached not to, I can't really predict it, but even then bumping a man who's running away from the ball doesn't feel like good strategy to me uh, personally. Now, again, every coach has different things. I've disagreed with coaches in the past who have proven me wrong many times. So I don't say anything as gospel. I say it as I see it. I don't know if that bump is necessary at all, except to, you know, I would do it if it was like a Damian Lillard type who's, you know, every time you come by me, you're going to get hit, bro. But I, I wasn't getting the vibe from this game, especially not after that timeout where you also risk, you know, with the game slowed down, getting a foul. Um, But all of that action led to a wide open three at the top of the key. And why I highlighted that play is because it was after a timeout. They drew that up knowing all of those things were going to happen. This is important. This is what separates just like a play from like a strategy. They clearly knew that if they ran a dribble handoff and dribbled to one side, that uh, dribbled to one side and cleared that side because there was a wing that was coming off a, a curl, I believe. Send him out through the baseline, off a baseline screen that has nothing to do with the play. They knew that Amac was going to stay on the wrong side and bump, leaving that ma- man wide open. That big man caught it and just chucked it. it wasn't, he didn't even look because he knew he was wide open. It was the most comfortable three I saw all game what does this have to do with zone oh yeah because if you're in a two three none of that happens <laughs> like literally it's you can't do any of that you... <laughs> i'm laughing because it's like to beat a zone you have to have really good timing and passing and all i've seen in college basketball like over the years is it's that's gotten much worse Uh, I think in part because everyone can go league or AAU or something, timing and passing are extraordinarily hard. Uh, Even at the pro level, when we play a good zone, like I said, it would work because the other team was so conditioned to playing one way that, here comes that changeup, like a team will literally forget how to beat a zone, okay? But that's not even the point here. You can't run that play if you're in zone. Like, let's say out of that timeout, Cal just went to zone. Well, then the play that Pacific drew up wouldn't even work. They'd have to like, they'd catch it and have to like look around and be like, the coach would be like, oh, okay, uh, 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 run a high, low, run a like. <laughs> but why I also say the zone is because, now I use that play because when on that three, the score became like 54 51 and they really never looked back. They went on like a 25 to 5 run after that or something. But there's a lot of plays in this game and in all the games where the other team's strategy is to just run a high pick and roll. They don't even really need to run offense. Run a high pick and roll with the big. Amax going to drop. The guard's going to have his choice. Now, again, at the professional level, I did play this style a lot, but I'd play it much more attached. Now, I have different foot speed than Amax, so it's not like that's not a knock on him. I just mean... Unless you're facing some rim runner who's going to catch a lob over you, you got to play that much tighter. But it's just never played tightly. Like, I'm watching it now. So this this play, like I said, it's not in the background. He is tighter. They went over the top. The exact play I warned about, and it was fouled. Okay, great. This is a perfect example. So in this one, he was really far up, but the ball was also 10 feet past the three-point line. So it's like some of this has to be negotiated. And again, I'm not knocking him for any of this. You know why? Because I don't think that he should be playing that defense. (laughs) Point blank period. A very high flat trap for someone like him is like almost impossible. A high hedge where the guard has to make a very difficult pass and it has to be two passes. Maybe it's going to be a lot of effort, but maybe. Send the guy to one side, like the baseline, and don't let him work in the middle. Probably works a little better. You know what stops all of that is a zone. The high guards just switch. They, like, point to each other, and that's it. And the big man rolls back down into AMAC. I also say this because I don't know his rebounding numbers this year, but I know he used to lead the nation. In this game, he had, like, three rebounds at a certain point, and I remember, I think Ben Braun said, like, it's his third rebound. He's usually, you know, whoever was the announcer. And... If you're going to get put in pick and rolls on defense 97% of the game, you're literally never going to be near the basket to get a rebound. You're playing at the top of the key. You're never going to get a rebound. You know where you always get rebounds? In the middle of a zone. Well, you might not trust me on rebounding. But as you'll see some very tightly laid out stats in my book, I was actually, for a time, the number one person in the world in rebounds per minute. I know exactly how rebounding works. Teams used to get super mad at me, like, like in games, because they'd talk to the refs like, hey, they're getting all these more foul calls. And I'd be like, yeah, you're taking all these jump shots, you idiot. Like, Even basketball players don't consider how the game affects their stats. Running around the three point line all game will lead you to no rebounds. And, at least in Cal's case, a lot of open threes for the other team. And it's so much more tiring for that big man. AMAC is spending so much energy. Like, this is what, again, I can't blame him. He's running down to the block ceiling like most plays. That is not the sign of a lazy big man. In fact, that takes a lot of effort. I love watching him do that. There's people who ask me, like, how do I get good at basketball? The first thing I say is just be in better shape. But if I'm talking to a big, I say do exactly what AMAC is doing. Get your ass down there and take up space. That takes effort. You know what is very difficult to do is do that and then come and chase a bunch of pick and rolls. So you're like, well, he doesn't have to chase a pick, bunch of pick and rolls. Yes, he does, because the other team knows that. So they're going to make him. That's exactly what's happening. It's not just like an accident. It's not like it's Madsen's strategy to have Amac guard a bunch of pick and rolls. It's that they're in a man-to-man, and the obvious solution is put the slowest guy into a bunch of pick and rolls. But not just that. Bring their biggest guy away from the basket. Reduce block shots and rebounds. You know what takes away all of that? I think you guys are with me at this point. I wish it was like a, like, a, like a schoolhouse rock, like, zone. <laughs> Z-O-N-E, it's a zone. I mean it. We're two and three, right? So I was even going to do, like, more stuff this week, but as the week was unfolding basketball-wise, I'm like, let me pause. Because maybe they flip it and win this game or maybe, but No. No, they didn't. I was down at the, uh, in Orange County. I had left before the game started, bro. I can't do these like, shouts to all the, like, people there much older than me who were, like, fully awake for this game and stayed because I got tired and I left. So I had to come home and watch it. But part of the reason I also left, too, is, like, it's hard watching Cal, like, even line up against a school like Tulane or something in a high school gym, it's like <laughs> all these factors. I'm like, let me just wait. Let me just see if they win some games. But now that we're sitting here at two and three, that's a big issue. I could I, I get into offense. I could get into who's missing and all that. Like, I actually don't think it matters. Like, Cal doesn't just look bad. Like, for real, for real, I've been on teams where we started – I mean, in a Korean league game, uh, season, so it's like 55 games. Two and four. Uh, trust me, when you're playing overseas and you start two and four, like immediately heads will start to roll. Like, it is not like the NBA where contracts are guaranteed. Like, people start to freak out. And I learned over the years, like, no, 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 no. We all believed in this in training camp. Like, I know a good team when I see one. Literally, just change this and this. I flipped it. We've been down three, oh, three in a best of seven series. Been written off, and I'm like, coach, will you listen to me now? Try this. Boom, 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 four game sweep. Basketball is really tight like that. I'm not gonna sit here and say Cal has a team that needs a bunch of changes. I think we gotta play zone until a team proves that we can't do it. Point blank period, right now, that's my assessment. I don't even want to say anymore. I'm gonna stop right there. And just end with an ad for myself again. My book, Different Dude, comes out on December 7th. You can pre-order it everywhere uh, or at differentdude.com. Let's see what happens this next couple weeks. It's about to get spicy. Play some Zones.